I V M. For all of our listeners, this is a trigger warning because we will be delving into some sensitive things. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to Marbles Lost and Found. I'm Zane. I'm Avanti. And today we'll be delving into a fairly sensitive topic: uh, grief and loss. Something that an, all of us inevitably will uh, come and will face with at some point in our lives. And today, someone who's joining us, um, very special guest, because she's actually the producer of the show at IVM Podcasts. Hello, Janam. Hi, Zane. Hi. Hi, Avanti. Hi. Thank Hi. you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I just want to say, mental health has been something that's been very close to home. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really. Uh, it gives me immense satisfaction to be associated with the show. I'm glad. Your, yeah. Cool. Thanks. I'm really yeah. glad that that you think so. And also thank you, especially for talking to us about mm. uh, what we're going to be talking about today. So just to, f- uh, to give our um, listeners some context, um, Janam, when it comes to grief and loss, I'd say you know rather than me saying anything, how about you give us a bit of a background like what is your story as far as your relationship with grief and grief and loss is concerned to start right from the beginning i uh, i mean i i lost my father when i was 15 years old mm-hmm. i feel like 15 is an age where uh, you're old enough to understand death and the permanence of it mm-hmm. but not old enough to lose a parent and uh, someone who is the breadwinner of your family so mm-hmm. yeah that's That so, was my first experience with loss. Right. Okay. How did you lose your dad? Uh, I lost him to lung cancer. He he used to smoke uh, a lot in his uh, earlier like before. I, I'd say like as soon as I was born, he quit smoking. Mm. But uh, like fifteen years later, bam! Like lung cancer, man. Like yeah. How did you feel when um, you first heard the news that uh, I'm, I'm guessing that you know. Unfortunately, cancer cancer is a very long and painful illness, but can be it can be. Yeah. Yes. So uh, when we heard of the diagnosis, I was uh, I was actually in my tenth standard. My sister was in my twelfth, and both of us were giving our respective prelims mm-hmm. and preparing for our board exams. And this news came to us, and obviously, like the whole family was devastated. Uh, my uh, uncles flew down from like wherever they were out of India. The, the doctor said that uh, he was in the third stage, and okay. then I just asked my dad how many stages are there because mm-hmm. I had no experience with someone who had mm-hmm. cancer, and he said there are four stages. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like in my head, I'm like, oh, "You're all you're on the second last stage." Yeah, the doctors were very vague about uh, how much time the person has, so they said anywhere between like six months to a year or two years. So we were kind of prepared for it, but not exactly because you're still hopeful mm-hmm. for yeah. the person to recover. And uh, yeah, from we we got the news in January, and he passed away in June. Oh, okay. Yeah, six yeah. months. Yes. Do you remember how you felt through those six months? I did. I I do remember feeling extremely helpless, and uh, at the same time, like I said, I had my board exams coming mm, up, which is something March. so crucial. Yeah, yeah, March, which is so crucial, and um. My dad had quit his job and he was at home obviously he couldn't he had become physically really weak. He was at home uh, making me study for my board exams mm-hmm. in that condition. So a lot of emotions actually I felt I felt uh, I felt guilt I felt helpless like I wanted to be there for him. Mm-hmm. 
I wanted him to recover and get back to his normal life. Like with every month, he his health kept deteriorating. He kept coughing out a lot of blood. He lost immense amounts of weight. And uh, he underwent chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. So usually when you go through chemotherapy, you lose all your hair. But uh, my dad didn't. And we thought that's a good sign. But actually it wasn't because the combinations of medicines that they used on my dad wasn't working. So at the time when he, unfortunately, when he did pass, do you remember what the series of events was like at that particular point in time and how you felt, but at the same time what needed to be done when it, had, when it actually happened? So when I received the news, this was around like roughly 10 in the night. I was alone at home. Um, my dad was admitted in Nanavati and uh, my mom, my sister, my dad's brother, the whole family was there, like staying with him mostly. And one night, like through, I think my dad was in the hospital for a couple of weeks and my mom had completely left the house and she was staying with him throughout. Mm. And then she came home that night and I was very confused. I was like, why has my mom come back home? Mm. And they just like, you know, just shook their head and I understood what they were trying to say. And it it was, it was just hard to believe, like, you know, how can a person just not be there anymore? How can someone you've lived with all your life, someone, obviously your immediate family member, how can they suddenly not exist? Mm. So it was extremely difficult to process. I remember that night, none of us slept. Yeah, then like the whole ritual started, like you have the funeral, you have... Uh, the fourth day, the 13th day mm -hmm. and all of that. And like family members from all over the world were like flying down, giving their condolences. And yeah, we were mostly just caught up in that and just accepting family members or mm. condolences. Right. And yeah. that, I mean, sorry, while you were speaking, I, I had to keep like grounding myself because it's triggering for me mm -hmm. to hear you speak because I think it brings up a lot of like um, fear. Yeah. For myself, uh, that, you know, that this is something that I'll probably have to go through in my own family and um, past my own experience with grief in the past, because I lost my boyfriend when we were nearly 18. Yes. And so I'm also taking myself through those moments when I found out and then those next few weeks of uh, ritual, which I think are so important like they just, they keep you, they keep the family kind of busy. They keep mm. you just, just like, you know, going, going, going. Yeah. And then two weeks later is when it sort of hits you. Yes. Right. Um, so is that what you both feel is like a sort of blessing in disguise with, um, you know, when the unfortunate event does happen, you have this time, like say this two week period of all these things that you need to get done and organize things and speaking mm. with people and whatnot. That's a sort of welcome distraction from the reality of it mm -hmm. all at the time? I would say it is because it's kind of, if that wasn't there, I the don't, void I don't would know how. be too painful. Yeah. The void would be too deep. Yeah, like you yeah. would have to process all of that too immediately. immediately. Yeah. Right. And it's honestly too much to take in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask both of you uh, this question, um, but I'll start with you, Janam. Through the process, uh, through the weeks, through the months, and whatever amount of time that went by, what were the ways that you learned to deal with it? And what ways did you feel were helpful to you? And what ways did you feel were not helpful to you? So for the longest time, I did not know how to deal with it because like, you're not prepared for something like this. You don't know what to do. It, I mean, you're, you're too young to even 
know what's happening and what you know what re- what reality is all about so i i struggled to like just come to terms with it hmm. and If what did that struggle look like for you um it was a mixture of a lot of things it was seeing my like it's it's like you know the whole family suffers the whole family has mm-hmm. lost somebody so the way my mom was coping with it was different the way my sister was dealing with it was different the way i was kind of seeing the situation was different and uh, honestly my mom has had it really hard i was more concerned about her mm-hmm. than us at that point because uh, i had gone off to college my sister was also studying and uh, you know we had our respective lives my mom has been a homemaker mm-hmm. so she was at home she didn't have any friends so she she went through like a long phase of clinical depression mm-hmm. i would say and she even went and saw a psychiatrist and was on medication so seeing that was uh, quite painful for a child to mm-hmm. see their parents sure. yeah what was the struggle like for you though avanti um so i was it was a different completely different situation because it wasn't a parent sure but um it was you know weird because um i think the way you grieve about someone you lose sometimes reflects your relationship with that person and what it was like while they were alive between you and them and how you just what you thought about how they were living and when arun died um i remember immediately thinking like oh my god he's only 17 he's nearly 18 but he's lived such a full life and he was such a cheerful go-getter and i was immediately sort of rationalizing it um in my mind and i leaned a lot on our friend we had a very tight group of friends hmm. i with all of us leaned in together and were there for each other every night we'd go and spend the night at arun's house with his parents and i think in many ways they needed us as much as we needed them and we really kept his memory alive like very from a very from day one onwards it was always sharing stories about arun and um you know like reading all his like things he'd written going through his computer all his pictures he'd taken so there was a lot there to keep us connected right from the beginning hmm. and we did a lot of esoteric things as well like we went and what saw like um like a medium who like was communicating to us th- with arun but we really needed that stuff like yeah. at that point it right. felt so necessary it felt so we were hooked like into the idea that he was still around yeah. mm-hmm. and his presence was still there and i don't know what was that <clears throat> did you experience any of that or i did in weird ways like it's it's hard to explain in what ways i did experience that but uh, yeah i mean th- this actually uh, kind of brings me to the five stages of grief mm-hmm. um for the longest time i for almost 11 years over 11 years i i was stuck in a loop dealing with the first four stages of grief the acceptance part which is the final stage was not happening mm-hmm. for me and and so just so our listeners know the mm-hmm. other f- the first four stages were denial anger shock ba- denial anger sh- shock denial <laughs> anger bargaining and depression well. oh yeah and yes. depression okay so wait five so it's, uh, it's denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance yeah and they don't yeah. they, they say shock as the mm-hmm. first one but it's more like that's not really counted as a mm-hmm. stage as mm-hmm. much yeah, yeah. Right. i think that's just but, the preliminary yeah. to yeah, right. the right. response yes yeah. e- exactly so yeah you said the fir- that was your 
space those first four were, were how you were for the initial amount of time yeah and for about 7 to 8 years after he passed away i would have these recurring dreams that mm. he's come back so my father just to give you some context uh, he was uh, he used to work with air india mm-hmm. so throughout our lives we've seen him you know go on flights for like 15 days mm-hmm. come back for two days mm-hmm. stay with us and then again go fly somewhere else so this was his lifestyle So after he passed away I used to keep getting these dreams that uh, he's like everyone's telling me that he's passed away but he's actually not he's gone somewhere on a flight and he's mm-hmm. come back so these recurring dreams kept happening which was which made me realize that I've still not accepted the fact that he's gone mm-hmm. yeah yeah and well, I just want to add that mm-hmm. these dreams just felt so real mm-hmm. at the time that I actually felt that he's it, it is reality like he's coming back but uh, when i would wake up obviously reality was completely different i um so i i do want to point out something and because uh, i i feel like avanti touched upon this in quite a big way i think you also did a little bit janam but i feel like based on your on both of your experiences the most important thing was some form of support system at the ready at almost any given point in time is that right mm-hmm. in thinking so i feel like janam yeah. you had um You also at the same time very worried about your family at the mm-hmm. same time but did you feel that you were also getting the support I'm not just talking about family I'm just talking about generally that you got the support that you needed as well to stay afloat during this time Honestly I did not Okay uh, so since I was only 15 uh, I remember none of my friends were really there for me they weren't uh, even they didn't know how to react or how to even talk to a friend who has experienced something like this so I don't exactly blame them or resent them but it it did I mean it did suck to not have any friend at the time to just talk to or understand what I was dealing with it was mostly like um I mean my, my sister was a big big support she's 2 years older to me so we just you know kind of you went through it together yeah, yeah. Hmm. and when and for both this is actually a question for, as well for both of you where um and and I and i don't mean to honestly make this sound like an interview it's more because i don't know if i have a real relationship with grief myself though i have lost people who are who were very close to me but i don't know if i've ever if if it's ever completely registered to be honest which i suppose is an entirely different conversation but um i wanted to ask both of you um what was it like when you felt that you got to a point that you were starting to feel like you were getting better you were starting to feel the acceptance creep in was there a point that made it easier for that to happen or was it just a very gradual process where over time you were able to reflect and say hey i'm a bit better than i was say a couple of months ago um f- for me the initial uh, acceptance and kind of just coping with what had happened happened to me in 2016 when uh, i had gone for vipassana Mm-hmm. So those 10 days of meditation were uh, it was like a purge of sorts like the whole experience was unpleasant but at the end of the 10th day when we finish our uh, meditation course I actually felt uh, it I felt like this was the most beautiful thing I've experienced and uh, during one of the meditation uh, sessions like you're meditating for like 11 hours a day there So during one of those sessions I uh, had a complete breakdown where uh, I kind of went in the state of self hypnosis while meditating 
and i was having this internal monologue with myself during that hypnosis state that uh, i kept apologizing to my father and i was just like you know i'm i'm sorry i haven't like been the best daughter i'm sorry i haven't like i gave up on my studies i'm like i'm sorry i'm such a failure and those that monologue kept going on in my head and uh, in that hypnosis state i just like i was crying continuously and i didn't know how to snap out of it also because it was just happening in a flow and when i opened my eyes i felt uh, i felt lighter i felt uh, i felt a little relieved but i also felt that man like i didn't know i was feeling all these things all these years mm-hmm. that's really powerful Yeah. And I think that's what I was also going to um I meant to also touch upon when I said that sometimes your um the way you grieve reflects your relationship with the person who died and um I guess I was lucky in many ways. I mean, this sounds so awful, but what I mean is it was he was my boyfriend, he was my best friend and it was we were young and there were these <clears throat> very light-hearted feelings between us and it wasn't like a parent and a child for example where there are more complex feelings involved mm. there's like you said there's some afterwards there was some guilt and helplessness and shame for you know not having to not having lived up to maybe what you thought your dad wanted for you yeah and uh that's something i think we always think about grief as like just sadness but it's so much more complicated than that mm-hmm. there's anger there's frustration there's helplessness there's blame right. there's pissed offness with the person who died because i know arun died because he didn't wear a helmet oh. and i was just like are you yes. kidding me like just wear wear like your fucking helmet you, yeah. yeah but like you know and i think that's Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know how to say it. it's just it's, that there are so many feelings. It's interesting that you mention the anger at the yeah. person because so there's someone I know who a while ago was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Touchwood um she was able to make it out of it. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, she has a daughter and a daughter is very young when her mom was diagnosed and the thing is <clears throat> her daughter being young didn't really of course and and by young i mean she must have been maybe 6 or 7 when she had found out that her mom was diagnosed with cancer so at that age you don't really understand mm. what that means you mm. do not understand that your mother is just going to leave and not come back right and i think she did go to a um to to a chat guy psychiatrist because so what she was doing as some way of expression is that she sketches a lot she draws a lot and from what i remember hearing is that a lot of the drawings that she did kind of showed her mom away from the rest of the family and things like that and she wasn't really talking to her mom at all because she was angry of how could you possibly leave me hmm. you know that was the 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 expression that was coming out it wasn't sadness it was more of like a how dare you do this or how could hmm. you do this so it's a very different you know myriad of emotions that can come out Yeah. And Janam when you went through so after Vipassana and a part of you felt purged as you felt a little lighter and a little surprised that you even had all those feelings yeah. was there a way that after that you were able to find some kind of like enduring ritual of connection with your dad that you know now you maybe you talk to him once in a while or you have a picture of him or whatever i don't know what your ritual is because i mean from what i understand that's quite helpful to a lot of people and it's helped me with arun i know with music that mm. we he and i shared 
I talk to him sometimes in the car and, you know, we have some, I have, we have some banter in my head. Um, and I find that really, and I'm still in touch, very, very close contact with his parents. Um, and I feel very much part of that, his life, their life. Mm-hmm. But did you? Um, this is actually a good question. I... I've kind of experienced that connection, but I've also chosen to disconnect mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Because uh, obviously, I mean, one of the things is it's been really painful to just deal with it. Mm. You know, you, you were talking about the resentment towards the person. So mm. it's not just the anger that, oh, like, you know, if you wore a helmet, you could have saved mm-hmm. yourself. That aspect is true. But also during the course of when he was alive, he made it very obvious that uh, he was more fond of my sister than he was of me. My mm-hmm. sister was the first child, so he had that connection with her. And um, after he passed away, I was still processing those mm-hmm. feelings. And and when he knew that he was going to, uh, when, when he knew he was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and didn't have much time, he had announced in the family that I want my uh, daughter, like my sister, mm-hmm. to uh, light the fire of my, the, mm-hmm. what is it called? The pyre. pyre uh, yes. Yeah. And... Yeah, like such things made me, like as a younger sibling, Mm -hmm. I did have those, you know, those weird dynamics that I, I mean, it's just unresolved issues because, you know, this person is no longer there. Mm -hmm. But clearly my sister was the favorite. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like, you know, I I don't know if I still do, but um, that resentment has been there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there is a picture of him in the hall. I look at it every, like every day almost and... I I don't know what I say to it. It's honestly my biggest struggle with this has been uh, just trying to make him proud of me. Like I don't know if what I am today or who I am will he ever be proud of who I've turned out to be. That's been the biggest uh, question of my life, and it's it's weird because uh, I recently only realized this that every time I'm celebrating a milestone or something some really happy occasion it could be my birthday it could be my promotion it could be some really happy thing I'm supposed to be really celebrating out there and that particular day when I get this news I'm actually really really sad because mm-hmm. I don't have him to be mm-hmm. there to share it with and it takes a while to get over that but like eventually right. I, I get on my feet but that that day when I'm supposed to be happy I'm actually in fact the saddest person it's weird I remember seeing this um, graphical representation of what dealing with grief is probably like it was um, it was something I saw on Facebook actually like a f- maybe even a week ago where um, a person was like so imagine a massive ball in a room that just keeps on bouncing Okay, and then there's a button on one of the walls. Mm. But now when the grief is so intense and it's so recent, that ball is huge, which means it keeps on... And that button is what instills all those those feelings in you, like the anger, the resentment, the sadness, all of that. Um, But as time goes by, the size of that ball gets smaller. But the intensity when you push that button never changes. It just gets pushed a little less. But when it does get pushed, you still feel Mm. that plethora of emotion. I mean, I don't know how true that is in both of your cases, but I felt that that there must be something to that as well. That is quite accurate, I would say. Okay. Yeah, in my experience, because I remember when um, it was his 10th death anniversary, I was... uh, 
It it was on the sixth of June, and oh my god, that was when Arun died. As oh, well. wow. Okay. okay, I'm getting goosebumps yeah, right now. For it. Wow. Uh, okay. Wow, Vanti, yeah. you've turned red. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, uh, man, mm. I'm so sorry about that. No. But, uh, <laughs> So yeah, sixth of June uh, is his death anniversary, and from the second to the ninth, I was uh, in Himachal with some of my friends, and this date came in between the trip. I I was I didn't give it much thought. I like I don't know how I would feel around that time, but uh, I had a really really bad panic attack, and I broke down, and I was shaking uncontrollably, and I couldn't breathe. and i was i don't i don't know why i was feeling that way and i was like man like 10 years have passed and i'm still not over this like when will i ever be mm. so yeah i mean that time it it's it's like 10 years is a lot of time to get over something like this but um, you don't ever get over it yeah right? that's what i realized yeah. it's it's you i mean you 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 get better in handling it but uh, yeah the the pain and the emotions don't really go away Just learning how to live with them or manage them whenever they do come up, more than yeah. anything. Yeah. I I feel at this point I should say to both of you, thank you so much for yeah, sharing you. with us. I mean, I unfortunately I didn't have much to contribute of my own experience in this context, but um, I feel like if nothing else, it gives anyone who's tuning in an idea of you know this this sense of. possible isolation you might have at the beginning of it or this confusion that might come with it and everything is at least quite universal and it sounds that you guys have at least done the best that you can do to get to the points where you are today so thank you a lot for thank talking you. about this to both of you and thank you um everyone who's been listening to this particular episode of Marbles Lost and Found I'm Zain I'm Avanti and we'll speak to you next time take care